Good morning and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the focus scripture and sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us. Good morning. Good morning. Morning. So we're out from, uh, we are on assignment. I don't know where we're at. Uh, in, a, in a place undisclosed. <laughs> yeah, undisclosed. I like it. Uh, I have, do have a few announcements I do want to share with you, though. A um, couple things to think about. Uh, work day was supposed to be this Saturday uh, coming up. Uh, obviously, we're not going to gather together. Uh, but if you have uh, the willingness and the ability to do some work day projects, would appreciate uh, you calling Brian Beardsley. Uh, give him a buzz, and he has some projects that they're trying to get done. Um, Two, it's a man of Fidel's birthday today, so I uh, wish her a happy birthday. I looked at the the May, <laughs> I looked at the May schedule and it's loaded. So uh, be sure to get your birthday cards out, make your phone calls. There's still a bunch on there. Uh, next Sunday is Mother's Day. Obviously, we won't be together, but uh, want to not forget that. And um, I want to give you a heads up that today is communion, uh, so we'll be preparing for that. Also, um, just an update on what's going on. Uh, it looks like. Um, in a couple, three weeks, four weeks, we're, we're not sure. We're, we're getting close to, to making a, a plan to come back. And uh, so I'd ask for a couple things for you to do a few things. I'd ask for you to pray for the church leaders as they make final decisions. We've gotten some information. We're looking at getting some more information. Um, I'm asking that you pray for your involvement in that. And what I mean by that is this. If you're not comfortable when we come back, I'm, I'm asking that you stay home uh, and stay safe. Um, I, we will continue the YouTube uh, channel. Uh, it will switch though probably till, to, from Sunday morning to Sunday night just because there'll be a logistic issue there. Uh, we can't run it live. And so, uh, but I want you to pray about your involvement. That means um, if you're not feeling comfortable or safe, that means you stay home. Um, the reality is this, there is a, the only way to mitigate all the risk is to never leave your house again and that's not realistic. And so, we want you to pray about that. Um, we will do all that we can in the church. We're going to clean the church, make sure it's all ready to go, sanitized. Uh, we'll do everything we can do on our end. Um, but we are working towards uh, being back together, hopefully by the end of uh, this month. And then I would ask you finally to pray for the safety of those who are uh, entering back into the world, um, those who uh, might get sick or um, not feel well. I pray that, I'd ask that you pray for them as well. Um, so as we prepare, uh, I'd ask this morning that you uh, prepare yourself for the music uh, and prepare your hearts for uh, communion. This morning's scripture is the second half of John chapter 21. Where we were at last week was uh, John 21, 1 through 14. This week is um, John 21, 15 through 25. I'd like to read that to you this morning. Maybe. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, I want to stop right there real quick. They were sitting around a fire much like this. They had, if you remember, they had eaten. Uh, they had been out fishing, they had eaten, and they were sitting around a, uh, a fire. And so the scripture uh, this morning is right where we're at. They had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. 
Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because he asked him a third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and you went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the death by which Peter would, would, uh, would glorify God. And then he said to him, follow me. Peter turned and saw that the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. This is the one that leaned back against Jesus at supper and said, Lord, who is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, John, he asked, Lord, what about him? Jesus answered, if I want to, him to remain alive until I return, what is it to you? You must follow me. Because of this, the rumor spread among the believers that this disciple would not die. But that Jesus did not say that, he did not die. He only said, if, you want, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is it to you? This is the disciple who testified of these things and who wrote them down. We know that this testimony is true. Jesus said this, did many other things as well. And if every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. May God add his blessing to the reading of the word. Let's, uh, let's begin with, uh, let's pray and then uh, you'll be a chance to uh, worship in music. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for this story as the disciples sat around a fire after they had eaten breakfast and they enjoyed each other's company but most important Lord Peter was reinstated and reassured that God still loved him but as we look at the rest of the story may we remember that your hand has been a part of his life and our lives and continues to be a part of our lives in your name we pray. Amen. So we're going to try. Uh, we're going to try doing some something maybe we haven't ever done. I've never done. I've never preached sitting down, but I'm I'm up to try it. Um, you may remember that uh, we have been talking about the rest of the story, and the rest of the story is what happens after Jesus rose again. It was in. A really uh, life-changing moment in the church and in history that he rose again but if if we stop there um, we don't get the rest of the story and the rest of the story is important and so last week we talked about well, you may remember we were we talked about uh, Peter and the disciples coming back home getting back to their house trying to get back to the normal life um, obviously Peter is struggling with his decisions um, and when he denied Jesus and I'm I'm guessing, feeling some guilt in all of that. Uh, he decides to go fishing, asks his tells his buddies he's going fishing. They all jump in the boat. Of course, we remember that they fish all night, no luck, don't even have a bite, no, no fish. 
Uh, and then they hear a voice from the shore that, and they can see a fire, and it's Jesus. And then he calls them uh, to, to go to the other side of the boat and come back. And they come back in with a pile of fish. And once they had sat around the fire and had eaten breakfast, and Jesus told them to bring some fish and he had some bread and they all ate, this conversation ensues. The conversation that we're looking at today. And it starts off kind of rough. Or maybe uh, it reminds us that it's really important. Jesus starts the conversation by saying, Simon, son of Jonah. Or if you're a King James Version, Simon bar Jonah, which bar means son uh, in Aramaic. And I don't know about you, but you know when your mom or your grandma or your grandpa or someone um, wants to get your attention and they call you by your full name and your middle name and they might even call you your last name. Pretty serious. You know that when your given name is used, uh, it's a bit serious. And that's what's going on here. Jesus is Simon, son of Jonah, which would have been what his name was, you know, uh, would have been, and, uh, and I think really what happens real quick here is that Peter figures out that uh, what Jesus is about to say is pretty serious stuff, and that he better take notice. And so Jesus gets Peter's attention really quickly. Kind of like when your mom used to grab you by, the, by your ear, or the, the short hairs of your neck. Um, those things kind of remind me of uh, when I wasn't listening, and I wasn't doing what I was supposed to do, and mom had to get my attention or grandma would pull us back there you know what I'm talking about sometimes we need to get it uh, to be reminded and Jesus says listen Simon son of Jonah and then he, he reminds him um, in that son of, Simon son of Jonah that uh, he asked him uh, if he loves him if he still is committed to follow in the faith. And I don't know if you, if you look at Matthew chapter 16, uh, 16 through 17, it says Simon Peter is asked the same question. Um, he asked if he's going to follow Jesus. And he says, Simon Peter says, uh, who am I? Or no, I'm sorry, Jesus says, who am I? And Peter says, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And then Jesus replies, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. And at that moment, I can't believe, help but believe that Jesus wasn't reminding Peter of the time that he made that profession of faith. That, G that Peter and it ran through his mind that moment when he made a commitment to follow Jesus. And then so when Jesus and Peter are sitting around a fire, he says, Hey, do you still love me, Peter? Are you still in all the way, Peter? And when, um, and I'm sure that this uh, quote came back to Peter's mind as well. Verse 18 says, uh, Jesus tells him, Peter, you're going to be the rock and I'm going to build my church on you. And actually, that's where Jesus uh, names Simon Peter. And so what we call him a lot of times is Simon Peter or just Peter. Jesus is the one who changes his name to rock or Peter. And I can't help but think at that moment when they're sitting around the fire that 
Peter recognizes that he's been forgiven. That he, although he's down on himself, that Jesus hasn't hasn't given up on him. And that he still wants him to continue his ministry, his mission in his ministry. It reminds me that we've all done things that we need to be forgiven for. So many times I've heard people say, you know, I've done something that's so bad that I can't be forgiven. That I can't be uh, given up uh, forgiveness over. And sometimes we think, well, I've done something so bad that not even God could square this up. In fact, this week I talked to someone on the phone uh, about this exactly. Uh, and they have lived a sordid, they have a sordid past before they were believers in Christ, a believer in Christ. And we were talking and sharing about the shame that accompanies the things that happen. I'll not give you the details, they don't, at the end of the day, they don't matter. Um, you might, uh, in passing, think that it was pretty bad. And, and they feel shame over that as well. And as we talked about this, uh, this struggle, the problem that's going on, this person said to me, you know, I think one of the things I need to do is be, to work through this is to share that story and to give testimony that God took me from this mess uh, that I was in, that I had caused on my own, my problems, and took me from that and moved me into something that, uh, that glorifies him. And so this person was calling, asking if we could put together a group, a small group, where they might be able to share that their testimony um, for a couple of reasons. One, to get it out uh, and to make good of bad and to find some healing in their past. Because right now that healing or that past is really uh, um, digging into their lives now. And I appreciated what was said in the, on the, in the conversation. Conversation was this. I sure wish I could go back in a time machine and change the things I did. I'd love for the DeLorean to come and pick me up and allow me to go back and not do what happened. But that's not reality. And that's not the case. And so I need to live with uh, the fact that that's done and I can't change it but I can work through it and move past it. And, and they said, I think that if I can share that with others and help them understand that the struggle is real and that, that these things are a real problem, that I can help other people as well move past their, uh, their past. And as I was thinking about that, I couldn't help but think about the Apostle Paul, who was the most prolific writer in the New Testament, 13. Uh, books of the New Testament are, were written by Paul. In Acts 22, 4 and 5, um, he shares uh, just a bit of, of who he was before he came to Christ. He says, I was a high priest. Uh, I persecuted the followers of the way. I persecuted Christians to their death, arresting men and women, throwing them in prison. Uh, I obtained letter, letters from them to their associates from Damascus and went to bring these people as prisoners to Jerusalem to be punished. The Apostle Paul, before he became, uh, when he was still Saul in the New Testament, 
would take and chase these people down. He got letters of uh, approval to take these people and put them in jail. Paul couldn't walk away from his past. Everyone knew who he was. Paul, I'm sure in the same way, would have desired to erase some of the things that he had done in his life. In one book, he, he um, takes responsibility for holding... Uh, for killing, the killing of Stephen, the martyr, by saying, he said, I held their cloaks as they, they took uh, the rocks and stoned him to death. And so Paul really did struggle uh, in some ways uh, with his past, and yet in order to, and he allowed God to glorify um, through his past some of the things that he did. I just want to encourage you that if you're struggling today with failure, past failure, that you take it to God. Take your fears, your failures, your concerns, your cares. Ask God to help uh, to let go of that bond, that uh, struggle that it has on you. I think if we don't learn anything else from this passage, we realize that the rest of the story is this. Peter made mistakes in life. Peter had struggles. Peter was all in, and yet he... he, uh, denied his savior those three times and he struggled to get past that and yet God forgave him of those sins and the, the, the next thing in this passage is that Jesus explains to Peter what will be required of him that there will be a cost to following Jesus he reminds him that his faithfulness will cost something the something is his life you may remember that the scripture says, when you were young, you went and did what you wanted to do. But as you get older, you're not going to have that freedom. You're going to go and um, you're going to be told what to do. Someone's going to dress you. And in your life, um, you won't do the things that you wanted to do. And Jesus is reminding Peter, listen, if you're signing up for this plan, uh, there's going to be a cost. There's a cost of, in your life. Romans 12.1 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Living sacrifice. I love that. How does that work? Right? How do we stay alive and still be a sacrifice? Well, it means that we give up the things that we want to do and we live uh, for God's plan. And that's what Jesus is telling Peter. Hey, if you're going to be the start of this church, um, the rock, you're going to need to do my plan. And it's not going to be easy. And there's going to be work. I have a question for you this morning. What has your faith cost you so far? Maybe not an easy question to think about. But... It's the truth. If your faith hasn't come at any cost, then you need to reevaluate your faith. I have a bit of homework for you. When you look at the characters of Scripture, when I look at them I, and I read the stories in the Bible, I ask myself this question Did it cost them anything? Did it cost them anything to be faithful followers of Jesus? And without fail, when I read a story, when I think of a hero, when I um, think of someone that uh, 
was uh, written about in scripture, I can't help but believe that every one of them cost, it cost them something. So here's your homework. Uh, your homework is this. Read Hebrews 11. Uh, it's, it's called the Great Faith Chapter. There's a lot of stories and a lot of things that will trigger your mind of all the stories in Scripture. Read that and look at this group of people that God used. And ask yourself this question. As you read down through there and think about those stories, what did it cost them for their faith? And if you're able to find someone in that faith chapter who it costs nothing to have faith, give me a call. If you can find one of those, I'd love to know. Um, I would encourage you to read through those, that chapter 11 and see if you can find someone whose faith didn't cost them anything. And in just, uh, just like Peter's humanness, as soon as Peter hears that uh, there's going to be a cost, he can't help but ask about John. What about John? Isn't he having to go through this stuff as well? And God reminds, and Jesus reminds him, that he is in charge, not Peter. Because Peter says, hey, what, what about John? Does he have to go through this stuff too? And Jesus says, listen, it has nothing to do with you. If I want him to be alive when I come back, I'll make him alive. Don't worry about someone else. Worry about yourself. So it reminds me that I have to ask myself, if I'm allowing God to work in my life, is it going to look like everyone else's? Absolutely not. The rest of the story is this. That we are a part of God's plan as it moves forward. We know that faith comes at a cost. And it should. And that God is still in charge of our lives. If you haven't made that faith uh, commitment to follow Jesus in your own life. I'll encourage you to think about that. Peter was being asked at this moment, are you going to continue to follow me or are you going to walk away? Jesus knew the answer to this question, but he was reminding Peter that there was more to it than just uh, walking the path, that it was going to be, um, it was going to cost him something. And that he too was going to ha have to follow the plan that Jesus laid for him. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for your word today. Thank you that uh, we have allowed, been allowed to be together this way. And that uh, I thank you for your word and the way that Peter is uh, spoken to here. And how Jesus uh, brings him back into the fold. Reassures him of his faith walk and encourages him. To continue to move forward. Lord, I pray that, uh, and as we look at uh, other parts of the New, New uh, Testament, we realize that well, Peter was used in some mighty ways as he helped to uh, create and uh, develop the church. Thank you for your word and how it works in our life. In your name we pray. Amen.